Equipping speakers to make an impact. It's the Key 5 Podcast. For speakers, by speakers. With your host, Robert Ferguson. Welcome to the Key 5 Podcast. For speakers, by speakers. For show notes and to get free stuff, go to key5podcast.com. Today, we're talking with Melissa West, the founder and CEO of Extreme Results, where she serves as a powerful catalyst for life and business transformation. Having mentored over 10,000 professionals, she encourages, inspires, energizes, and empowers others to rediscover their passion. Let's get started. So, Melissa, uh, give us a one-sentence descriptor of what you do. Well, I help aspiring and new entrepreneurs build their dream business from bottom up and get out of their own way while doing so. Well, that's a great descriptor. I love that. (laughs) So how did you get started in the speaking business? What's funny is I had never done any professional speaking before. I really didn't even do much speaking just in my my corporate days. But once I found my passion for helping entrepreneurs, that that speaker in me was just born and I I couldn't shut up. (laughs) So, you know, I... You know, I just had to tell everybody what I was doing and just how important it was to chase their dreams with passion and to not settle and never give up, you know, and so that speaker in me was just born. And yeah, I'd say in the beginning, I was terrible at it. And I just kind of spewed from the mouth. But, you know, over time and practice, there are fewer painful speeches, I would say, than there were in the beginning. Well, I can clearly sense the passion, and that's the driver, I think, for most speakers. And yet, I think we probably learn the most from our mistakes. So what are some of the biggest mistakes that you've made or seen other speakers make? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question, and um, I think a lot of speakers did it, do it, and I did it myself, was you know, I used to place more value on what I wanted to say versus what my audience needed to hear. And so now I always have this little mantra that I say as I'm building a speech, as well as before I deliver the speech, that, you know, don't let what I want to say get in the way of what they need to hear. Because I was so attached to my script and what I wanted to say and what my message was that it it got in the way of me really observing and listening and paying attention to my audience about what they really needed. So now I'm much more observant, much more I listen, and I'm not as attached to my scripts that I can make those adjustments on the fly as needed. And it might just be as simple as using some of their key language or lingo that I observe or listen to just through conversing with them or networking with them before I speak. And that has proven to um, create greater connections and greater relationships with my audience uh, more than ever before. So, you know, kind of just getting out of my own way, my own ego of what I want to say and making it more about my audience. Fascinating. Melissa, what I'm hearing, and I guess a question that drives for me is when you're on stage in front of a group, are you deviating more from your speech or is it just you're tweaking it as you're on, as you're going through it? Honestly, it's both. It's both. It depends. Again, it depends on what they need to hear. And if it's just to tweak the language so that it connects better, then I'll do that. But if I'm hearing just through conversation before the, the presentation or the speech, 
if I'm hearing a, a bigger, stronger need, I try to filter then my presentation through what that bigger and stronger need is. Now, now that's it's not always easy, but I've gotten better at it over time and with practice that I can make some of those adjustments and I can, um, and I'm not changing my entire speech. <laughs> um, I'm just, I might say it in a different way. I might use a different story that I wasn't planning to use. I may, um, you know, just switch in that regard that I feel that that example or that story or that point needs to be shared because they need to hear it. Whereas I wasn't originally planning to maybe share that. Okay. Well, as you're looking ahead an upcoming presentation, you're putting things together. What are some of the things you're doing then to prepare for that upcoming speech? Well, like I said, the connection piece is really important to me. So I, I do invest in quite a bit of what I call my homework. I study my audience. I, I want them to feel understood. I want them to feel like I understand them, their struggles, their pain, their, as well as their desires and their dreams. So I'm preparing my message and my presentation like through their eyes, if you will. Um, again, what do they need to hear? And what do they need to hear that's going to help them shift their perceptions, to see something new, to hear something new, to feel equipped and empowered and ready and willing to take action. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm really do a lot of that homework in advance as I'm writing the speech before I even get to the part of practicing it. But once it's, once it's written, oh, you know, practice, 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 practice some more. And that really, for me, what that does is it's not that I want to be scripted, but it allows me to em really embody my message so that it becomes a part of me and it doesn't feel like it's uh, some script I'm reading uh, off of my head or it's been pre-rehearsed, but rather that it comes across very authentic and genuine. And, and you, you know, you know, I, I am an energetic and passionate person. And when I'm in my head, I can't, it doesn't, I, it, that doesn't come across as much. So I need to stay in my heart. I need to really embody my message. And that allows me to stay in that passionate, energetic space. <laughs> well, I love the descriptor, what you've just described of stay in your heart instead of your head, both in your prep and when you're on stage. That's um, a nice descriptor. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I know that because I've, been in my head. I've been many, I've been in my head many times on stage and I can totally tell the difference and not just me, but at my client, my, you know, the audience can tell as well. I don't connect as well. I don't, you know, I don't convert as well. I don't get as many people wanting to connect with me. So there's a big, big difference when I'm in my heart versus my head. So I, I'm curious, is there a way for you that you've, or tips that you've learned to almost measure the energy of the audience or feedback? I, you're looking at them. What are some of the things that you've almost intuitively discovered that you're connecting well or not connecting well? Definitely the head nods. <laughs> Definitely that, because here's the thing. My greatest compliment is when someone says to me after a presentation, oh my gosh, you were in my head. Like, how did you know that? That's exactly what I'm going through. That's exact. that's my life. How did you know? Are you reading, are you reading my email? Like, that's my favorite compliment because it means to me that I have done my homework. I have connected. They do feel like I get them. They do feel, not only do I get them, but usually then the next thought is, well, she can help me because she gets me. So um, the head nods, then even afterward, them saying that, you know, wow, how did you know that? 
um, are those are two great ways just to kind of that confirmation. And then of course, you know, no head nods or dozing off or sleeping people. <laughs> that's, that's a clue too, that I'm off. <laughs> I'm off. I'm off the mark. <laughs> well, I, I appreciate you sharing the, the transparency of what, what you've learned there. Many of our listeners, uh, Melissa, are, have a passion. They're, they're driving their business. What are you doing to build your business, to promote your speaking business? Well, I actually promote, I would say, more of my coaching and training and mentoring business. That's probably where I would say I put more promotion into, but it's from that business that then I get booked regularly for speaking engagements. So maybe I take a backwards approach to it, um, but usually all, not say all, but I'd say the majority of my speaking engagements come from the work I've done as a coach, a trainer, and a mentor. Makes sense. Just looking at your speaking style and, and your business, is there um, a model that you've, somebody you've modeled after, somebody you admire that you sort of see your style? Yeah, yes and no. I mean, I feel like um, my style, I, well, over time, I've just, I had to be me. I have to be me, right? That's, that's my style is be me. <laughs> but who I have learned a tremendous amount from, and in some regards, I guess, maybe model after is, I would say both Les Brown and John C. Maxwell. I've, I've been very blessed to get to know them both personally and be trained by both of them. I've been blessed to be able to be mentored one-on-one by John C. Maxwell. And you know, I believe they are some of the greatest connectors in the industry. And I, just like I was saying earlier about my audience, I feel myself nodding my head saying, yes, that's me as they speak and as they share their message. So I, I see myself and their message. I resonate, I connect with them and I, and I learn from them. They're great teachers and trainers themselves. So, um, you know, just continuing to learn from them and model after them has been definitely a big part of, of my, my speaking career as well. Well, that's wonderful. And they are great mentors. I appreciate the impact that they've had for you. What, if you have a tip or a recommendation that you could share with our listeners to become better speakers? Yeah, you know, it's just that you have a message and it's meant to be shared. Don't give up on perfecting that message. It, it, there's people out there that need to hear it. So don't give up on just continuing to work at it, perfect it, to connect with those who need to hear it most. Your voice is meant to be heard. Fabulous. Well, Melissa, this has been great. Thank you very much. And as we like to say to our listeners, we'll see you on the stage. Thank you. Now let's hear what Alan Hoffler has for us in our Millswick Minute. Today's speaking tip is about why you need to embrace audience feedback. People who are on stage get jaded pretty quickly. Hey, I'm the one speaking. Oh, they love me. They asked me back. I heard from bunches of folks. They all liked it. I did a great job. I've met tons of speakers who say, I don't do evaluations anymore. There's nothing more I need to know about my speaking. Oh, how wrong they are, and what an opportunity they've missed. Truly great speakers are there for the audience's benefit, not their own. That means the most powerful voice in the room is not the speaker's, but the response of the audience. It's tempting to dismiss negative feedback as an outlier or a disgruntled pessimist, but it's also a chance to listen to a voice that can make you better. 
Value the feedback you get, whatever it is. Even seek it out. That's a stop on the journey to greatness for the speaker. I'm Alan Hoffler, and this is your Millswick Minute. Thanks, Alan. I'm personally doing this podcast for you, our listeners, who are speakers that want to learn from others. And I welcome your feedback on how we can make this podcast better. On our next Key 5 podcast, I'll be interviewing Stan Phelps, a seasoned professional who provides keynotes and workshops on customer experience and employee engagement. I hope you can join us. To listen to all of our podcasts and learn more about our guests, go to key5podcast.com. That's K-E-Y and the number five, podcast.com. And remember to enter your name for a chance to win a copy of Alan's book, Presentation Sin. At the end of every month, we're giving a book away. So go to key5podcast.com today. Thanks for listening. This podcast was produced by your local studio. For more, go to key5podcast.com. Thank you.